we have tried to do then in the ready state is say, here are clear objective models for what your shoulders should be able to do. Remember, just so everyone can be clear. Let me, let me blow up exercise for you for a second here. Your shoulder does four things. It does four things. It goes overhead and it rotates. Of course, it goes out in front of you, wherever that is, it goes out to the side, right? This is still out to the side and wait for it. It goes all the way behind you. Like you're sprinting or dipping or benching. So every movement that you see, whether you're David Weck and coiling, I should be able to explain that position. That's a front rack shape. Arm is bent, but in front. And my top arm is in an overhead position. I just happen to be side bending, so you get all confused. So the idea here is I should be able to take my model and drop it in on top of anyone else's movement theory, movement piece, and help to explain what's going on, understand what's happening in that place, and then we can move forward. And so that's really the objective measures. And then, of course, the only thing I can really measure is not your pain because that's so subjective, not your readiness. Yeah. That's highly subjective. Your genetics are a component of that. What I can measure is how much wattage and power you put down. That's literally all I can see. And if I literally always come back to, can my athletes do this? Yes or no. That's why we're in the gym training, not to only get physio physiologically stronger, but also to transfer positions and have better transfer to a sport. And did that sport get better? That's, that's all there is. And then however you want to do that is entirely up to you. And in fact, I'll say before I shut up that the coach is the center of the universe for me because the coach knows her athletes. She knows the tools that she has available to her. She understands the training age and the experience and the training loads and demands and the real life considerations of their athlete. That's called hyperlocality. So the best person in the world to solve these problems is the strength coach, not the position coach, not the sport coach, because they're trying to get kids to play ball or do a thing or learn, learn a technique to win a world championship. And it's really difficult to see someone's missing into rotation while they swim, unless you're a ninja. The strength coach can see everything. <clears throat> talking about that with the coach and the athlete, how do you think that the pendulum may have swung too far with respect to technology? Cause you talk about, you know, not being able to fully measure readiness with maybe HRV Omega wave. And maybe you do believe in that. And we can talk about that here, but how do you handle the whole notion of too much technology? Cause that's my opinion that technology is almost taking away from that coach athlete relationship. Yeah. You know, all technology, all tools, are there to help me work as hard as I can and to have a better understanding of something. I think this is a way of thinking about it of session cost and session cost comes from an idea by Ben Ashworth, who was a premier physio, a premier soccer physio in the UK. He's the athletic shoulder. That's him. And he has this idea that every training volume session thing that we do imparts a cost, a training cost on the body. What I can do then is drop in HRV, genetics, sleep, nutrition, and say, how do I manage the adaptation response to that training? And those of you with monster HRVs and mom, you know, and, and it's a pretty powerful tool. We can predict your likelihood of playing international high level soccer or footy or not based on your just genetic HRV. You can handle the volume or you can't. And we'll get there eventually because you just can't keep up with the other kids. I mean, we're going to get there, but we have suddenly we have these insights, 
But the idea is how do we limit session costs? So let me give you an example. I work with a, a university, turns out to be an incredible university, top tier team, top five team. When I talk to that team, I say to these women, do you think you're out working Stanford? Do you think you're out working USC? Do you think you're out working choose some UCLA. Do you think you think that your program is doing more work than those programs? Do they, does that other program think they're outworking you? That's impossible. Everyone now, it used to be that you could sneak in and be like, I'm going to outwork you. That ship has sailed. The density, the volumes, the craziness that we're seeing now is insane. So what we really can control with those athletes is their adaptation response to exercise. How do I reduce the session cost day to day so that we can handle greater volume? You might say recovery, but I'm looking not recovery. I'm looking at adaptation. So a little nuance there. But what I can do is I can out adapt you and I can bring in tools and technology to help me understand the cost of the training. And what we saw was, you know, you go smash yourself in the gym for three hours. You suck on the pitch. I'm like, okay, we can sort of measure that because the measurement is suckiness. So. Again, any tool that helps give insight into behaviors so that my athletes can work harder and the coach can get work harder and program more and my athletes can show up fresher. Oh, I just sound like Pavel, who said a long time ago, whoever can do the most work and stay the freshest wins, right? That really is, is, is the magic. I mean, Floyd Landis, the cyclist, you know, once said, um, he's like, you know, Taking a quick break from the show to tell you about our deal we have going on right now in December. If you sign up for Fundamentals Level 1, you will get one free year at Strength Coach Network. That's right. Sign up for Fundamentals, our 20-hour long-form education course that has information on every topic in strength and conditioning that will make you a better strength coach, regardless of the field that you're in. Not only if you're a strength coach, personal trainer, athletic trainer, physio, this is for you because all the education about progressions, regressions, motor learning, speed, agility, jumps, you name it, we have information in it. So sign up for Fundamentals, get a free year at Strength Coach Network. Click the link down below. Let's get back to the show. Whoever works the hardest wins. And someone's like, what about overtraining? It's like, you obviously didn't work hard enough to be able to work that hard. And you can, so see rule number one. And really what we're trying to do with this tool and technology is not take away or create complexity. We're trying to understand how the choices we're making around training athletes or adapting or their lifestyle is impacting my ability to perform more work. The, the salient feature here is I have 40 women. I have 60 dudes. Which one of those things, we're not going to go hard today because three people went out drinking, right? Or you got a bad night's sleep because your, your child is sick or you had to take a red eye. Suddenly we recognize that, okay, some of these things have a little bit limited utility. Like we still need to train hard today because we're on a soccer team or a football pitch. And I think sometimes we have thought about the Bulgarian model where – like we can, we can control every weight, every poundage, right? You're Romanian and you've got all the drugs on board and you're in this little tiny room of 12 people. Boy, that's really easy to understand inputs and outputs. Now let's start to add some of these other things and it is harder to see inputs and outputs. So that's what we're trying to do with tech. But let's remember that the most important thing is that your coach can tell if you're fried or not by your warm-up sets. Did you hop over the fence or did you walk around the fence? You know, you know, as soon as we start moving and you're like, well, I'm slow today, maybe we pull off the volume and we make those decisions in real time. The 
the ring should support it. But if you get to a world championship, I, I had a, I had a two time world champion I'm coaching and facilitating performance coaching with, and he goes on the, the tour and it's cold. He's sleep deprived. His whoop is telling him that he's trashed. And I was like, why are you wearing your whoop? Take your whoop off, throw it away. The whoop is for training. The whoop is not competing because you're going to, com- you're going to compete on Tuesday, no matter what. So let's go ahead and just control what we can control. So in those situations, we just want to parse through what is essential and more importantly, not interrupt this relationship between coach and athlete that's happening because that's the, the dyad. And it's not just coach telling athlete what to do, but athlete saying, coach, I'm not feeling poppy today. I don't feel like I have a he- step. Hey, let's pull back on this volume. It's a conversation. And that is a new revolution that's happening. How do you handle those days where maybe it is, okay, I'm not feeling it, but we still have to push like that duality of, okay, maybe we do need to pull back, but you know what? Hey, I know you're not, but let's give it a go and see how it works. Well, we're always going to warm up and do the thing, right? But we can, how can we modulate intensity? We can pull off volume. We can pull off reps, right? We can take bigger rest in between. You know, we can look at, say, hey, we're going to go really intense, but lots of rest in between, right? Or, hey, this is going to be a high volume day and moderate intensity. So a lot of that is, I think, the fear that I hear with coaches and technology is that it's somehow going to short circuit our need to get work done. As you say, hey, I'm not prepared. What do you think, coach? But I come in and we're still going to do the thing. You know, it doesn't mean like you get to take the day off. Dude, you come in and you're cold and shivering. I'm like, why don't we get in the Norma Tech boots or do some zone two or why don't you do a little breathing or mobilizing? There's something to be doing. There's never a day off, right? But I think one of the things that we're, we should be doing is saying, well, maybe we're not going to go to the weight room today, but we're still going to throw today or we're going to go through the full warm up and see what happens. And let's, let's see as we ramp up a little bit more. I had a really important uh, understanding of this with Mike Bergner, who is one of my Olympic, original Olympic lifting coaches and senseis. And he's had athletes come in and after brutal, brutal high volume days, PR. And, you know, he, and what ends up happening is athletes really warm, thinking really good. And he's like, look, when the frying pan is hot, we cook. And we often miss opportunities, as you're saying, to be surprised. So, you know, we used to say, we used to kid around and cross it and be like, let's let the intensity find you, you know, or, or sometimes when my daughters are feeling super beat up in the gym, I'm like, Hey, let's just get under the bar and let's see where that goes today. You know? And some days it is surprising. You really aren't limited by what's going on. I think the more advanced an athlete is, the more she knows how to push and not push and to be able to communicate that with her coaches. Right. Cause we're like, Oh, you're, you were able to handle your typical wattage for, you know, three of these intervals, not your normal seven. That's a good point. How do you handle being able to push the field in a positive, you know, way forward as you have? And then how do you address, like you said, you don't punch down, but how do you in a constructive best manner way, push the field forward by like, okay, that's not the best way of training people. Or how can you keep that curiosity Mm -hmm. mind and continue to, to push things in the right direction? The first thing is always point positive. If you see someone doing something great that you love, talk about it, point it out. You know, I follow, I don't, the number of like stories I put up Joel Jameson in the last year, you know, where I'm like Joel Jameson, nailing the conditioning, nailing heart rate, nailing control. Like, look how great this is. <clears throat> so one is I always point positive and I highlight the people that I love. 
And then when you come in, when I'm asked to come in, I have a kind of a strange job sometimes. Uh, can you come into the FBI? Can you come into this military group? Can you come into the English national soccer team? Can you come into the All Blacks? Can you come into the 49ers? Uh, 